With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a spectacular day. The Doug Gottlieb Show comes to you live and direct from sunny, red-hot Southern California. Got a lot to get to. My man Gavin Kinsel producing. John Ramos in the ones and twos. And uh, the incomparable Dan Byer. You'll hear him throughout the show. Discover matches all the cash back you earn your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2021 Niels Report. Limitations apply. CP3 had 32, 9, and 4. Uh, he scored or assisted on 54 points last night. He has 73, just in terms of raw data, raw stats, 73 points in the last two games. And that tied him for the second uh, most over a two-game span in his career, regular season, or playoffs. Giannis, by the way, I thought he looked good. 35 minutes, that's about right for him. 20 points, 17 rebounds, four assists, made a couple free throws, missed a couple free throws as well. Generally looked like Giannis, had a great track down block. They, they couldn't control Chris Paul. They couldn't control DeAndre Ayton. And they couldn't really get Drew Holiday going in terms of scoring 
and they they didn't have enough and the Suns were in fact better were in fact better this was Chris Paul after the game I just missed it's my first couple shots <laughs> you know what I mean I think that's the way that we play book got it going I think book had 12 in the first quarter and that's just the way our team is um it's not just one guy that we depend on you know Kale could get going Jay might be hot uh DA might have it going and we just feed off of each other, and it's sort of just all game long, this guy, that guy, and we just try to find a way to win. Right, and that's that's what a true point guard does, okay? So there's been a lot of discussions about, hey, well, why are you you're so down on the, the Trey Young? Like, I'm not down on Trey Young. I'm not down on Steph Curry. I'm not down on uh, James Harden, Tyree Irving. Who, What they do and how they do is different than what Chris, what, what Chris Ball does. Again, like in terms of how I wish I could play, right? Because the other aspects of it, I like to believe that I had, which is I could defend, I could get everybody involved, I could find the hot score, I could feed that guy till he burped, all those things. My issue was I couldn't do what Chris Paul can do, which is when nobody else is hitting or when you hit a couple, can you then carry a team for a night or for a half or for a quarter? So... I, it's really impressive. Here, here's Giannis on his first game back. At the end of the day, I'm out there. Um, I feel good. I don't feel pain. You know, I can run. I can jump. Uh, I can set screens. You know, I can uh, rebound the ball. I can do stuff. So I'm good. I'm happy. I'm happy that I'm out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I haven't watched the clip, but when the play happened, I thought I'm going to be out for a year. You know, so I'm just happy that two two games later, I'm back. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I think that um, I think he did look good. And I think that does put him in and them in position like game. Most road teams, it's a can we steal game one? I feel like for the Bucks, it's a can we steal game two? Uh, let me give you the logic to it. Okay. They didn't know how Giannis would look when he played. Now they do. They're also a team that like this is kind of how they play. And the adjustments, though slight, they don't come mid-game. And the Suns were clearly ready. And let's also remember that Chris Paul hasn't played as much hoop as everybody else. So he's fresher. He's more rested. He's more ready to, when everybody else is tired, carry a team. Now some of that gets leveled off because he will have the exact same amount of time off in between games as everybody else. And so there'll be some catch up there. Some of it will be some adjustments in terms of lineup. And now Giannis can, they feel like, all right, if you can play 35 minutes and you're fine, he wakes up today and he doesn't have any pain or any swelling and he's fine. Now let's just, now let's, let's go for it. I do think game two becomes a massive, massive game for the bucks because we'll have to see what, what, what changes they make. And then the other part is, Let's look at when Chris Paul has been the least successful at times in his career. Obviously, he's had some injuries, but the other part is, like, remember when they struggled with the Warriors when he was with the Clippers? Why was that? Because that game was fast and that game was frenetic. And, and it's not like they won't play fast, they can't score, but he definitely controlled the pace, controlled the tempo, controlled everything. And while we consume ourselves with how they want to defend the ball screen early, late in shot clock, 
you know, what do you do with, with Brooke Lopez? What do you do if Giannis is at the five? How do you defend it? Do you switch whatever? I think that the way that you got to take a look at, and again, I'm surprised they didn't take a look at it in the game, is what's it look like if we speed him up? What's it look like if we, <coughs> we pick him up full court, if we trap him, we get the ball out of his hands, we don't let him get it back, and every time he gets it? Because Chris Ball with the ball in his hands, it's pretty magical. Now, there is the possibility that Milwaukee's sitting there doing the, that we're going to do the LeBron James thing. Hey, end of the day, we're going to make Chris Paul beat us four times with his scoring. We don't think he can do that. Yes, go ahead. Um, uh, go ahead, Gavin. Is there optimism if you're a Bucks fan that Giannis looked as good as he did last night? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of optimism. I think as a basketball fan, you're like, oh, he looked like he was okay. He's ready to go. Yes, I, I think there is. I think there is. Do you think they have to play him differently? Like have him, you know, they were eating uh, Brooke Lopez up last night. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they need to. Well, I mean, Brooke also was was pretty effective offensively. And the issue becomes with the two of them in the game, Brooke Lopez becomes a three-point shooter. And it's not that he can't hit threes, but you also want him to have the ability to score inside. But everything just kind of gets clogged up when there's two guys who play inside the lane. You know what I mean? So I think that's what they're running into. Um, yes, I think they can play them differently. I think they can adjust some of the lineups. But I think you didn't know anything until you actually saw Giannis play and figure out he'll be that he'll be good, right? That he'll be. Uh, Dan, as a Bucks fan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head. I, I felt their first 24 minutes actually were just pure adrenaline on the NBA Finals. And I think yesterday when we, we made our picks, whether we had the Suns covering or not, I think we all picked Phoenix to win the game. And when you look at what Milwaukee had to deal with, you know, they, they won in Atlanta on Saturday night, flew back to Milwaukee, and then on Sunday are off to Phoenix and getting ready for the NBA Finals. And so I, I was curious on how they were going to start out, whether it be did they look tired because of the, the bit of a whirlwind that they were in. But I actually think they kind of just played on adrenaline and looked good in the first 24 minutes. It was the third quarter that kind of had Phoenix separate. But that's to your point of Phoenix getting game one, Milwaukee's realistic shot I think always was game two, with or without Giannis uh, even in the lineup. And now that you have him, you know, to, to Gavin's point, yeah, you feel a little bit better uh, seeing how effective Giannis was. And they did seem to make the Brook Lopez adjustment as well um, in the second half to we'll see how much they, they go with it. But yeah, I think last night was just Phoenix's night. Yeah, I do, I do too. I mean, again, I don't – you know, Chris Paul is not going to shoot the ball that I know he shot the ball really well in game six against the Clippers. I know, you know, this is two in a row. I do. And I was impressed. You know, I'm impressed by a guy's, you know, he finally gets to the finals and he gets it going and it's, it's big, but this is not a series decider. It does paint the picture for it. This is what it looks like when Phoenix plays well and Milwaukee starts out the way that they started out defensively. Those two things that those things don't bode well, but it is not the end all be all and series do adjust and change and evolve as kind of we, 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 we go, right. That's, that's one thing we, sh we have to have learned by watching this year in the playoffs. Remember Dario Saric uh, sustained a torn ACL in his right knee in game one. So he'll be out indefinitely. So the Suns have now, now they, they've faced at least some level of injury concern hurts their depth substantially.
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporting handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Let's get some analysis from a guy who won an NBA championship. He's Eddie House. He, uh, he joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, uh, what was your reaction first to how fluid it felt like Giannis was moving? Oh, my reaction, I was, I was actually happy to see that. Uh, when I heard the news that he was playing, I, I got really excited just on the fact that I want to see teams at full strength. I want to see the best of the best go at it. 
you know, regardless on what people have been saying about, you know, the path that the Suns had with guys getting injured, it's not their fault, but at the same time, in this final, I definitely wanted to see um, the Bucks at full strength. And it was good to see him moving the way he was, playing the way he normally plays. I mean, I, I think he – I call it bully gangster ball because when he gets – he puts his head down, he just say, hey, I'm stronger, I'm bigger than you, and I'm getting to the basket. Those two plays that he made in the first half where he went left, um, I think those are things that Milwaukee have to try find, to find ways for him to be successful in that way where he gets it and has to go quick. And he has a quick one-on-one action anywhere from the elbow down to the baseline um, in that area somewhere where he's able to catch it and go quick with some misdirection on the, on the back end. That way he has action to get to the rim without help coming. Because when he holds it, and we all seen it, when he holds the ball, Phoenix is too good defensively as a team defense. They're all locked in. They're on the same page. And they built that wall, and it's tough for him to get through it. Yeah, no, they, they, they did a very, very good job. Um, how much of Chris Paul's success is because he just took over the game? How much of it is based upon the way in which Phoenix played him, which was, hey, let's make him beat us as a scorer, especially in the mid-range, and he did just that? I think it's this. I think uh, Coach Bud has to take a look at how he's going to defend him. Uh, they were switching a lot, okay? And when they switched, when he, he, was, he was getting the matchup he wanted by calling up the right guy to set the screen so he could get uh, Bobby Portis on him or uh, Brooke Lopez on him or somebody with size that he knows that he could get to his shot whenever he wants to. I think that they're going to have to reevaluate the way that they play him. They give him a steady diet of the same thing. And, Doug, you know this as a point guard. If you get the same look over and over, you're going to figure it out. I think they got to mix it up a little bit, trap him at times, come out aggressive, um, but you can't give up that mid-range, and you don't want to have a big on him, uh, try to keep him away from his right hand. I mean, I think, I, I think what the Suns did, they executed their game plan to perfection. They did exactly what they wanted to do throughout that game. And I think the Milwaukee Bucks have to go and counter now. And that's just how these series go. Usually they're in-game adjustments. They're, they're quarter-to-quarter, half-to-half, game-to-game. Um, and these are the adjustments that Milwaukee are going to have to make. I expect them to make them if they, if they want to have any chance of, of winning this series. They definitely have to make some adjustments on, on the defensive end. Oh, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's any doubt. Um, okay, if I were to if I were to tell you, all right, you're Mike Budenholzer, Eddie House is in charge of the Bucks. What do I do? Give me the give me the give me three things that you're going to do heading into Game Two. Well, first of all, I'm going to be aggressive um, on Chris Paul on the pick and rolls. I'm going to be aggressive, and everybody we're going to have to play, we're going to play better defense. We're going to have to get better stops. We got to try to urge our team to do that. But I am going to mix up the looks that Chris Paul will get. It's going to be aggressive at times. It's going to be trapped at times. It's going to be hard show. Get back to your man. Um, everybody look to get get ready to rotate if you have to. Um, and then I'll be trying to get Giannis the ball in um, situations where he could go quick, where there's not – where I don't want him to hold it and start looking or back up and then try to come downhill right. to allow the team to set their defense, especially a good defensive team like Phoenix. And I also would do whatever I can to try to get other guys off early because we know Giannis is going to get his you know I'll mix Giannis's in early where he could get his we see okay we see what works what maybe not works or how they're going to play certain situations but I, I have to get Drew Holiday going I got to get Drew Holiday going I got to get Brooke Lopez to give me something I have to also have Chris Middleton getting going as well I mean you look at it yesterday the three guys the, the big three for Phoenix totally outplayed the big three for Milwaukee 
Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Eddie House. I, I, I agree with you. I also think, I don't necessarily think you wait till the pick and roll. I think sometimes you just run at him and get him out, get him out of his hand, get it out of his hands early in the possession. Um, and and kind of try try and speed him up a little bit and and make it a little bit more erratic. Like he doesn't he plays great when he's at his pay. He gets to dictate pace, and I think you got to not allow him to do so. I'm talking about Chris Paul. Is that fair? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. But you have to be careful about how far you want to extend that. Okay, because you do have other guys that can make plays. Booker can make plays. He can make shots on the back end of of all of that. And then they have a guy at the rim that's finishing at a phenomenal, I mean, 70% field goal percentage. I mean, he has been playing it. He has deserved a max contract, DeAndre Aiden, who I'm talking about. He has played uh, amazingly well. And, and being a guy that's been out here and hearing all the murmurs of why they didn't take Luka, well, this is why. You know, this is exactly why I think Phoenix has built a team, a traditional basketball team where you have a great point guard, you have a great score, and you have a really, 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 really Big time, big man down there that could finish around the rim, that could play defense, that could move, that could run into the pick and rolls, that could guard the pick and rolls. I think they've built a, a, a really good team. It's a traditional looking basketball team, and it's done the right way. And I'm not, it's not that free agency and you picking where you want to go is not the right way. It's done the old school way to where it was done through the draft, it was done through free agency, and it was done through trades. Eddie House joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, how good a series do you think this is? What like now? I I hate the how many games and who wins, but like every game kind of stands unto itself. Now it's going to be different without Saric, who's out for the year with a torn ACL. But now that we've seen them play, what's your opinion of uh, what what what's what's your opinion of how competitive you think this series will be? I think it's going to be extremely. I mean, I, if we look at it yesterday, right? Yesterday's game was extremely competitive. I think everybody laid it out there. They played hard. You you take some of the things that Milwaukee did wrong, and it could go either way. I, I think the Suns dominated the game. They were in control. Never felt like they were ever threatened to me. I felt like they dominated the game and they were in control. But with that being said, missed free throws, missed shots when you had opportunity to cut it to five. When you could start putting that pressure on, they just weren't able to get over that hump. I just I think it's going to be a real competitive series, man. I'm I'm, I'm excited for the fact that it's not the traditional teams that we are used to seeing. It's not the stars that we are used to seeing. We are getting the opportunity to see players that we would, that, that at least the world would never really get an opportunity to see. I mean, I've, I live in Phoenix, so I see Devin Booker all the time. Since, the, since he came into this league, I've been saying that he's special, and everybody now is getting the opportunity to see it. I've known DeAndre Aiden since he was playing AAU basketball in the sixth grade. I've seen his growth and his development. It's great to see that to see Chris Paul be able to come and rejuvenate and, and revitalize not only his career but this city and his reputation as being a bad teammate. It, all that goes out the wayside. So it's really excited for, exciting for this city and for me, a team like Milwaukee that's been knocking on the door, knocking on the door that's right there. I think it makes a, it's, it's a perfect clash. Awesome stuff. Uh, Eddie, hope you're well. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk soon. No problem, man. Have a good one. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. 
What's up, everyone? It's me, three-time NFL All-Pro Sean Murray, and I have a new sports podcast called The Lights Out Podcast with Sean Murray. This podcast is special to me as I get a chance to talk to some of the best who've ever done it on the field or the track. So whether it's talking to a Super Bowl champion or a NASCAR Cup Series champion, The Lights Out Podcast will bring it to you the only way I know how to. I'm giving you the best insight from the best who've ever done it. Listen to Lights Out with Sean Merriman on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Firestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Firestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I don't think we got a chance to react or maybe we did. It was late in the show with the news that, uh, that they took 
that they took Rachel Nichols off the sideline and they put Malika Andrews on the sideline. And it was, a, it was a, this is kind of like an ongoing story, which I think at least in media overshadowed what was going on in the NBA playoffs. Did, but did you feel in watching the game that that was even part, like did that play a, a factor? Were you thinking about it at all? Yeah. Well, yeah. And when the, the clips that were circulated online, when uh, of showing the intro of Maria Taylor throwing to Malika Andrews, um, that was talked about. I think that it, I, I don't want to say that it overshadowed game one, but more of the talk I saw on social media was about that than it was on, wow, Giannis is playing, how are they going to stop Chris Paul, uh, that sort of thing. I I think it, I don't want to say completely overshadowed, Doug, but I think that that was more of a story than what was going to happen in game one was last night. Gavin, um, well, you and I were talking about this in regards to uh, what Adam Silver had to say about what was a, a controversy. He said, quote, um, I think part of the problem is when people can't get in a room and talk through these issues, they seemingly have festered now for over a year. I would have thought that in the past year, maybe through some incredibly difficult conversations that ESPN would have found a way to be able to work through it. That is a damning statement about ESPN. He's like, you guys have known this is out there for almost a year. And only now because the audio was leaked, it's become an issue as opposed to, hey, we handled this internally. We're moving on. He said, uh, such situations require a very labor-intensive creating a climate where people are comfortable saying what's on their mind, where people are given the benefit of the doubt, especially long-term employees. They're in good standing when they make these comments and people recognize that people make mistakes. Their career shouldn't be erased. I feel like he's standing up for Rachel Nichols there and saying like, look, I've dealt with Rachel Nichols for years and I, I think this is a bad moment, not a bad person. So... um, it also oh, no. feels like he's going a little after the uh, cancel culture cancel thing. Cancel culture. Of, yeah. Well, that's because yeah. I, I think that oftentimes cancel culture, and this is what he's talking about, it, it does, it, it can, you can take things out of context. You know, people are allowed to, to, to you know, people will make mistakes. They will say things. And I, I just, look, I'm not going to sit here and defend Rachel. I think that there's, there's probably a little bit more to it um, in that it's not just, it's not just that, what she said, it's that she has kind of protected her turf in the past. And this is a, it's a bad moment. Um, and I think that, that first thing is whoever leaked the tape, that person should not work there anymore. It, it doesn't mean that the truth, they all knew the truth was out there. They all knew that that tape existing, sending it to your boss is one thing. Sending it to the New York times right before the NBA finals um, that, that's, you know, that's putting a stink bomb right in the middle of a, of a, of a genuine, a genuine board meeting. That's not great. On the other hand, as Adam Silver pointed out, like this is not great leadership from ESPN. Like if you have this internal problem, you know, this has an internal problem by the time it gets out, it's not like you haven't had time get in a room, discuss it. If you want to take Rachel off for the NBA finals and don't want them to work together, that should already have been decided. You can't wait to gauge the appearance of people being upset to then make an, make an adjustment. Does that make sense? I think, I think it does. To me. I, I think it also just shows how much NBA, the NBA as a whole is just mad at ESPN because like Dan mentioned earlier, it, it did kind of overshadow a lot of the beginning of the finals 
when we're, we should be focused on... No question. Yeah. The, this is the last thing the league wants, right? But look, there, there is a portion of it where you're like, uh, all right, does it really... It, does it actually bring some attention? Because now you're actually going to watch the broadcast you didn't watch. You watch the studio show that you didn't watch previously. You're like, I don't... I think, I think there's a lot of people in America that don't know who Maria Taylor is. It's not because she's not successful, but she's popular and known in the sports landscape. And the same is true with Rachel Nick. Like, you don't know who these people are. So we all do because it's our job. But I don't know if, if everybody in America does. Austin Carp joined us from Sports Business Journal yesterday. He said this. It's not the news that the NBA or ESPN wanted to have right now heading into the NBA finals. You know, internal politics, internal struggle going on there. You know, you want to be talking about the Suns. You want to be talking about the Bucks right now. And instead, it's, you know, internal strife going on at ESPN. It's something that ESPN hoped was behind them, you know, when Jimmy Pitaro came in as president, you know, uh, clean up the office there, and they had made incredible strides, and then something like this hits on the eve of the NBA Finals. And, you know, like I said, it's not something that any party wanted to hear. Yeah, I I, I, I think that, that that's that's part of why people are upset, is that you're like, right now? Right now is when you do it? And I get that it gets a ton of attention, but whoever leaked that, that that's it hurts the league, it hurts the place you work. And I don't think it helps either, either, either person, to be honest. I know it, it looks like Maria Taylor's the victim here. Um, so I guess it doesn't, it doesn't help her though. I, I don't, I don't think it helps her. Maybe I'm conflating other stories uh, with it. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Doug Gottlieb Show, live and direct from sunny Southern California, reminding you, Discover matches all the cash back you earn your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted 99% of the place in the U.S. to take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2021 News Report. Limitations apply. Uh, I thought this was good, right? This is Sean McVay, uh, who's friends with Kyle Shanahan. I remember they've worked together before, back in the Washington Redskin days. Kyle was the offensive coordinator uh, when RG3 was the quarterback. Sean McVay was coming up through the ranks there as well. This is the two of them talking about the trade for Matt Stafford. I think when you saw that we traded for Stafford. You don't want to get me started, dude. That was, that was frustrating. I was actually, I was in Cabo. I was watching it all. I had never studied Stafford that So wait, hard. you were actually in Cabo when, I, when the we wrong were down hotel. in Cabo? Oh, yeah. So you yeah. the wrong hotel, Cabo. So hey, so, hey, I'm just glad he wasn't staying at El Dorado. I, um, I remember looking through it because everyone was telling me it was a possibility. And Stafford's the man. I mean, I studied him hard coming out of college and he always yeah. didn't play against him. So you know how good he is, but to know he might be available and to spend two weeks and really watching him, Sean. Yeah. He's better than I had realized. Mm. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, they're, they're not really mad. He's just sitting there. Damn. You got a, um, <clears throat> you, you know, there's, uh, th- there's, there's something to the respect of, Like, I just think it all speaks to that no one really thought Jared Goff was a dude, right? 
it's buyer. Have you seen Pulp Fiction? His answer is no. I have seen it, Doug. Okay. Who am I? Who, what? Who am I thinking of when I hear these comments about him? About which party? About Jared Goff? Yes. No. Who am I thinking of okay. in regards to um, Matt Stafford and who he relates to? The ultimate respect given as soon as you said, "Oh, you got Matt Stafford." Oh, that's, that's all I need. Samuel to Jackson. No, Ramos. You want to take a swing at it? Uh, I, I are you thinking of? Um, I forgot his name. Is it oh, the character played by Ving Rhames? No, no. Okay, no. That's Marcellus. Wallace. Marcellus. That's yeah. That guy's Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll leave that alone. No, no. No. What about Bruce Willis? No. No? All right. No. No. Who did Harvey Keitel play in the... Uh, who did Harvey Keitel play? Yeah, the guy who helps out um, uh, John the Travolta. Wolf. Yeah. The Wolf. You know, you're the person who people turn to when things go south. You're level-headed. You're ability to fix the most urgent, complicated problems, make an asset just situation. If I, remember, he says, if I'm Kurt, it's because time is a factor. I think fast. I talk fast. I need you guys to act fast if you want to get out of this. But it, it's more like, oh, you got the wolf? That's all you need to say. Right? That was actually a Samuel L. Jackson line. You got the wolf? That's all you need to say. You got Matt Stafford? Oh, I had no idea that was even coming. How about they were both in Cabo at the time when, if you remember the story, McVeigh was in Cabo at the same hotel as Stafford having these clandestine meetings. Meanwhile... Uh, Kyle Shanahan was in Cabo, just at a different hotel in Cabo. What are the chances? Location, location, location. <laughs> well, I, I, I think some of it was was a pre-set-up deal, right? They, they knew what they were going down there for. But it's, it's always interesting to me on how, what it says about Stafford. And I'm sure their thought was, I mean, what it says about golf. I'm sure their thought is, golf is fine. He's fine. There's nothing terribly wrong with him but Stafford is a completely different level completely and totally different level of talent and 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 what the Rams think and this is what I think the rest of the league thinks is it's not just you put better personnel around him you would put, put better coaching around him and put him in a system that fits him better and he could I mean it, it, the sky is in fact the limit um yeah, Gavin, what do you want to get? I, I was going to say between Kyle Shanahan and and uh, Sean McVay, it is fascinating how each of them have talked about their quarterbacks in the past, like basically publicly scrutinizing them with Jimmy G and and Jared Goff. Like it, it, it's kind of a new age thing, I guess. That you know, it used to be. It seems like you stand by your franchise quarterback no matter what, no matter what. Yeah, and I think even Gruden has kind of downplayed car a little bit in the, in the public. Um, so it, I don't know. I just find it funny how they can just openly mock and, and laugh about this stuff when it's, you know, Jimmy G is still there in San Francisco. He's still there. Well, there was nothing said negative yeah. said about Jimmy G. No, not, not in that clip, but except, I, except that they drafted a quarter. They said they moved mountains and yeah, drafted a quarterback to replace him. Exactly. I just find it fascinating that they, they, they don't worry as much about the ego of their quarterback. They, they're like, he needs to have a thick skin if he's going to be the guy anyway. Well, what's funny, though, is we talk about that, and then you have, on the other hand, Aaron Rodgers, who does not have the thickest of skin, who's bothered by a quarterback who's not good enough to beat him out. 
<laughs> right? There is the, and I think Aaron Rodgers is also realistic. He's like, look, there's a dollars and cents element to it. There's a Brian Gunnikunz, this is the guy he drafted element to it. There's some other parts kind of at play there, but there's the reality to you have coaches like, look, if you're a quarterback, you got thick enough skin, it doesn't, shouldn't bother you. If this bothers you, then everything's going to bother you. And if everything bothers you, you can't be quarterback. It also seems like Matt, the Matthew Stafford acquisition might be the most underrated all season. I just don't think enough people talk about it as they look ahead to... to... I would disagree. Let me bring in noted Seattle Seahawks fan. <laughs> Not the uh, Rams fan. Sorry, Dan, I stepped Dan, away for a Dan second. Bar- no, how dare you step away and go to the restroom and be a human being. Um, am, am I wrong? Like, I don't think it's under... I think that's the biggest acquisition in the league. You know, I understand Julio Jones... In that division, even Julio Jones comes to Arizona, but Julio Jones is just another toy for Cliff Kingsbury to, if it's Seattle need to fix their line, they didn't really, but they tried a little bit. The Rams need to fix their quarterback. They did. The Niners need to get healthy and then kind of figure out, I think skill positions and quarterback, it feels like they have. Uh, But I still think that the, I mean, you go out and get an upgrade at quarterback for that system, and you still have Aaron Donald on the other side. Yes, I I think that's a that, that's a big move. Yeah, and and the amazing thing is, you know, who I actually feel bad about are are the Lions uh, for the simple fact of I don't think Stafford has gotten this much credit for what he's done um, in his career until now. Now we're now we're talking about what an amazing upgrade he is and what he's going to do for the Rams. When I I mean. He was a he was a gamer for the Lions, and he was really good for the Lions. But the Lions were just so bad, we just kind of you know be like ah, oh, it's Stafford and the Lions. We didn't appreciate it. Now he's in this new system, and and to your point is, yeah, I don't think it's it's underrated. I think that I think that it is the biggest acquisition that we saw in the NFL in the offseason. I'm a hundred percent there with you. It's just funny on how differently we look at Matthew Stafford now when totally. his helmet changes. I, I completely agree. Completely agree. You had. You had, and now part of it was also, I would say, you had guys like Rob Parker who would call him Stat Padford, right? And you, you had people, because you'd stop watching. They were bad. Why is his team always bad? You can tell me how good he is, but all I see is his team being bad, so I'm not going to buy into it. Uh, understandable. Un- understandable. Uh, by the way, what's the score, uh, England, Denmark? Well, 1 1, 54th minute. 54th minute. Okay, so that means we have roughly. 40, 40 minutes left about, right? 40, yeah. 41 minutes yeah. left. Okay. Can I throw one more 30 minutes quarterback? after that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, what about the Carson Wentz move? Was that overrated or underrated, do you think, this offseason? Overrated or over-discussed, under-discussed? I think it's just about right. I think it's just about right. I just um, feel like his name is so much bigger I, than you know. I actually think it's yeah. it, it, like you're talking about two different things because when Gavin brought it up and you, Doug said, you know, I don't think that it's I don't think that it's underrated. It was more about what do like is it the best move or not? It's different on how the guy's going to perform. I I think like we're talking about I think a little of two different things when we say like is it an overrated move or underrated move. Who knows if it's overrated or underrated, but with the Stafford thing, like we talk about it a lot. And I think that that's why people are putting the Rams in the Super Bowl and and putting them that far because of how good it is. I'm not sure if that's the case with Wentz and the Colts. 
Uh, I, I do think, though, that if you watch the Colts last year, you thought eh, they're still a quarterback away, right? Yeah, and I, th- I still think that question is there. But I don't think that I don't think that that question is there with the Rams and Stafford. Oh, I'm gonna. I would. I would. Dis, I think I'm gonna disagree with you there. Both teams made the playoffs last year, right? Yes. Both teams lost in their first game in the playoffs. No, the Rams won theirs. Rams did. I yeah, they, they beat the Seahawks. They, and they beat they the Seahawks. They the lost the Packers, but Aaron Donald wasn't healthy, right? Okay. Um, hmm. I think there's more of a question if Carson Wentz succeeds in Indianapolis than there is if Matthew Stafford succeeds in L.A. Yes, but I also think there's questions about Matthew Stafford. Again, like he's been in the league for all this time and no one's paid any attention to him. And so the the thought is that he's just a he, the thought is he's a stat guy because we don't actually see him. Sure. He but, must not be that good. But Stafford's not going to be benched where Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz is not going to be benched. If he, do, if he plays like he did in Philadelphia, he will. If Matthew Stafford plays like he did with the Lions, we think like, wow, this is going to really be an upgrade with that's, the that's Rams. That's fair, I, but they're not benching Carson Wentz. That, that's part of the deal. Is I, I, I don't. If yeah, if it got really bad, would you? I guess, but I think part of the reason that he played poorly was he was had one eye on the bench. He did. He lost his confidence. Yes, there's much more of a of a player rehab in in Indy than there is in L.A. But we've never seen Matt Stafford at the very top of the league or compete against. And that division is is tough. Um, and I don't think they have a perfect team. Not that you need a perfect team to always win, but there, mm-hmm. there's definitely some flaws there because they have some very high priced talent. So yeah. I'm 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 intrigued by it. There are no perfect teams in the NFL. None. No. Yeah. No. But there's some teams that are closer to perfect. Sure. You know, it's like a lot of these teams with rookie quarterbacks and rookie deals. They're better overall teams because you haven't spent you're spending, you know, five, ten million dollars on quarterback as opposed to 30 million dollars on quarterback. You know, some not not all, but 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 some a, a bunch of teams are, I believe, are that way. Are we got, still got a ton to get to? I, I said calling the wolf. I thought the wolf was pretty good. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Daniel Jeremiah, we can get into it. We can ask him about um, about uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. versus Shohei Otani. I got into that argument with, with uh, Rob Parker earlier today. And, and my point was, like, I have nothing bad to say about Fernando Tatis Jr. If hitting is a wash... You add in a guy as a top 10, 15, 20 starting pitcher in Major League Baseball, it's not close. You know, who you'd rather build a franchise around. It's remarkable what, what they're both doing, frankly, at this early stage in their in their baseball career. Let's get to football, because that's what DJ does for a living. NFL Network, Chargers radio analyst, and of course, move the, move the sticks. What did you think of Nikhil Harry when he came out of Arizona State? Um, the question was, could he really run? Um, I thought he was a second round guy. I have to go back and look up my report to see where he was on my top 50 list, but I think I had him in the second round. I mean, that was just the one concern about him. Physical, strong, tough. Just didn't know how much he was going to be able to separate and, uh, and could he really, really go. So, and that's been, you know, kind of the, kind of the issue with him in the NFL is, you know, I saw they complained about the number of balls, which I thought was fascinating because in the same statement, it said, they were upset with the fact that he only had 86 targets, but then referenced the fact that he was injured and missed a ton of time. 
Uh, uh, so you've got a combination of somebody who's not real explosive, doesn't separate a lot, and he's missed some games. That's that's how you end up with the lack of production. Well, other than that, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the show? Mrs. How was the play? <laughs> right. How was how was how was, how was the play? Uh, yeah. I mean, isn't the truth they would love to trade him just as much as? Right, as as he'd want to be traded, like dude, we'd love to get out of the Nikhil Harry business. We just just no value there. Yeah, I, I don't I don't imagine there'll be a, a ton of action on that one. Um, you know, the the one thing that I know they they've got so many receivers right now, but like I'd I'd be curious about somebody like Urban Meyer because he's been pretty married to the to the recruiting grades for some of these guys that they've brought in. You know, I think they just brought in Treadwell, right? They signed him, who was big time. You know, five-star kid at Ole Miss, and then uh, was a first-round pick. It was kind of a bust, but I think Urban remembers what the kid was like in high school coming out. I, I believe Nikhil Harry was a five-star kid, was a big-time kid coming out of high school that landed at Arizona State. Uh, maybe it's somebody like that that uh, harkens back to those days and, and, and wants to give a kid like that a shot. Hmm. Um, and then there's the, if you're going to play Cam Newton at quarterback, there's going to be limited they're still not going to throw it a ton. No matter how much more they throw it than last year, they're not going to throw it a ton. Let me ask you about Aaron Rodgers yesterday. It wasn't much of a response. We'll see. We'll see. Can you make anything of his Q&A with, uh, with the Turner guys yesterday? Uh, I mean, it was kind of what you'd expect. They had to ask the question. You knew that he was going to answer it the way that he did. It was very coy. Um, I don't think anything's changed on that front. I think what Friday is the deadline. If you were going to opt out of the entire season, I don't, I don't see that happening with Aaron. I think Aaron wants to still play football. And I think if he had his choice, he'd play it somewhere other than green Bay, but he doesn't have that choice. And that's going to be, you know, kind of where he's, he's going to be, he's going to be a Packer. And then it's going to come down to whether or not he, he wants to, you know, squeeze a, a bunch of money out of him um to to come back there so I, I don't see him playing for anybody other than green bay and it's just a matter of whether or not he wants to do a new deal to to kind of give him some some more cash here to smooth things over i think that's how this whole thing ends dana jeremiah joining us move the sticks is the podcast doug gottlieb show here on fox sports radio uh this is i believe this on pete pete schrager had this right he had sean mcveigh and kyle shanahan and this is kyle shanahan uh, being asked what he thought about the trade they made with Detroit to bring in Matt Stafford. What did you think when you saw that we traded for Stafford? You don't want to get me started, dude. That was, that was frustrating. I was actually, I was in Cabo. I was watching it all. I had never studied Stafford that So wait, hard. you were actually in Cabo when, I, when the we wrong were down hotel. in Cabo? Oh, yeah. So you're yeah. at the wrong hotel, Cabo. So hey, so, hey, I'm just glad he wasn't staying at El Dorado. <laughs> I, um... I remember looking through it because everyone was telling me it was a possibility. And Stafford's the man. I mean, I studied him hard coming out of college, and you always yeah. just play against him, so you know how good he is. But to know he might be available and to spend two weeks really watching him, Sean, yeah, he's better than I had realized. Um, is that is that generally the feeling? Like, what's the feeling around the league about Stafford? Because I would say that for so many fans, out of sight, out of mind, we make great quarterbacks mm-hmm. about winning and they didn't win. He put up a lot of numbers, but they seem to be kind of empty numbers, like empty calories. What's the real feeling in the league about Matt Stafford? Well, I don't think anybody has any doubts about his talent level. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he was a pretty special player coming out of Georgia with the arm that he had, which was pretty unique. Not just the pure velocity, but he was kind of doing some Pat Mahomes things 
before Patrick Mahomes in terms of different arm angles and uh, you know I call him like horse horse throws right they just be playing a game of horse with football and he, he's out there he can do it every every kind of way imaginable falling away um, so when you when you sit down to study him you're going to see some of those wow throws each and every year of his career now he hasn't been able to to find success in the postseason you can look at supporting cast and and, and uh, look at the defense, lack of a run game, all those things. But I do think he's got to bear a little bit of responsibility for that. Uh, I don't give him a, a full free pass on that. But I think what you heard Kyle Shanahan referencing there is just the talent. Um, I, I don't think that's ever been in question. And in terms of being able to push the ball vertically down the field from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford, it's just a different level. No question. And I think it's it's almost like the wolf. I I liken it to the wolf in Pulp Fiction. Oh, you got Matt Stafford? That's all you need to say. Like, now you got a guy that can make all the throws as opposed to Jared Goff, who whether he could or couldn't, he wouldn't. And that was a that was kind of a constant frustration. That's an upgrade. I don't don't think, uh, man, I don't think you'll find any anybody in the football world that would look at that as anything other than an upgrade. Now, now the pressure's on on Stafford and McVay and company to to now to take it to the next level and win games, get to the postseason, and, and find their way to a Super Bowl. That's where their pressure lies. Um, Cliff wins the coolest picture of of coach at the NFL Draft at his house award. They get him Julio Jones. Kyler Murray, when healthy, is a stud. Like all of these things, but they're still a five hundred team. Granted, it's not an overnight fix, okay? But now you're in year three. You're in a very difficult division. You mentioned the Rams have upgraded. The Niners believe ultimately they're going to upgrade a quarterback. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made that move. Seattle is kind of ever-present with Russell Wilson, and you'd think they're going to go for it here. Where are we on Arizona? Like, are, does, does Cliff need to win this year? Oh, I think definitely there's pressure on him to win, um, especially last year where they had it kind of set up for them to get into the postseason and didn't get it done. Um, so I think there is pressure on them. I, I've been bullish on them, and I think we've talked about this in the past. Uh, to me, when I look at you know, I, you, sing, you bring over JJ Watt, he's a little bit older right now. He's not the same player that he was. He's and AJ Green, by the way, I, I think I said Julio Jones yeah, and AJ yeah, Green. Okay, so you get, but yeah. but yeah, and, and he's and I, I think AJ Green is even longer in the tooth than JJ Watt, right? Yeah, yeah. So you've added some some older guys who I think. You know, you get some impact, but I don't think it's a it's a massive uh, needle mover there with that with that what they brought in. And then I just look at the team. I know they draft a linebacker in the first round, and and he's a good player, and David Collins. But I just feel like this is kind of morphing into Texas Tech, man. Like they're they're kind of built to go out there and try and throw the ball all over the place, and I I just don't see them being a real physical physical group. Um, and I think when you look at their team and you stack them up inside that division and just look at talent-wise and balance roster-wise, I think you're you're in the discussion with Seattle as the third most talented team, and and you might be the fourth most. So um, I put them clearly to me behind a healthy 49er team and a healthy Rams team. Okay, you have in the NFC East, the Cowboys on paper have a litany of talented players on offense. The Washington football team, on paper, you got a quarterback who you kind of know what you're going to get from Fitzpatrick. There'll be some early magic and then probably some struggles. But the, the front four defensively is, is, is really impressive, right? Really, really impressive. Um, if I'm, and obviously, it feels like Philadelphia is in some sort of rebuild-ish kind of mode, right? I, I think that's, yeah. that, that, that's fair. 
the Giants, like I get you're going to get your running back back, but they're still still in rebuild, although they built inside out. But it really comes down to who's going to have a greater impact, Washington's defense or the Cowboys' offense. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair way to, to set it. I, I give the Giants a lot of credit for, you know, I think one of the more physical teams in, in, in the NFL. They're not as physical as the Redskins, or sorry, the Washington football team. I haven't done that in a long time. Man, that's, that's bad. Okay. I do but, a lot uh, too. Yeah, anyways, but he, they, they are as physical as they, that group up front, but they are a physical defense. They are going to be healthier. They've got some additions on offense. I think that the Giants, to me, are more of a wild card. I think the Eagles, this is a rebuilding year. Um, new coach, uh, new quarterback, all that stuff. I, I, I don't think they're going to be in the mix to win the division. I think the Giants are a wild card, and I think it does come down to the way you framed it, uh, to Washington and Dallas. And I, Look, it's, it's fascinating because I always, I always come back to the same thing, quarterback and pass rush. Like that's When you're trying to decide who's going to go far, who's going to have a big year, when you have those two things together, um, usually you, you feel good about it. So to me, you framed it as, as Dallas's offense and Washington's defense. If that's a wash, then it comes down to who do you believe more in, the Washington offense or the Cowboys' defense. And to me, I, I lean more towards Washington at this point in time. Even with Fitzpatrick, you're going to have the roller coaster. You're going to have the ups and the downs. But I just I have more faith in them than I do in this, this Cowboys' defense right now. What should the Ravens do in regards to a, a contract with Lamar? Because, look, he's been outstanding. There's no argument otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did win a road comeback playoff game last year, which you know, obviously hadn't done. But he's done all of this with a defense that they were able to, to really build. A Super Bowl caliber defense, an all-around team, because he wasn't making a ton of money. If, if, and he hasn't, he's been dinged up but never really hurt. There's the fear of, being, of him being injured. And there's the reality of at some point people will continue to make him throw more and there may be a ceiling to what he can actually accomplish with that arm. What do you do if you're in the Baltimore front office? To me, if if I'm Baltimore, I'm comfortable going at a higher number of dollars for a shorter number of years. And you can dress that up, you know, with some phony years on the back end, but I would, you know, put that, that first two to three year average really, really high and uh, and then he can lay claim to you know what the you know the average per year is and look at that as a huge win. But I would I would not want to have a lot of guaranteed money outside of, of year three going into year four and five like some of these other quarterback contracts. Which um, you know to me they want to ride that thing all the way out. I'd be comfortable saying hey this works for both of us. You get a lot of money here over this next three years. Um, and if you stay healthy and you continue to improve, you get another bite at the apple and and uh, and we go back to another contract. But I would not want to tie myself in to, uh, to, to much longer than three years just because of the way he's built and the way he plays. And it's been you know, fantastic. He's been able to stay healthy up until this point. But, um, man, I, I, don't, I don't know that I'd feel comfortable going beyond that number. I'm with you. You hold your breath. Justin Herbert, how much more is there? Like kind of took the league by storm, surprised people with his level of competency at such an early stage. You've seen him more than anybody else. How much more is there? Oh, I think there's a lot more there. Um, as good as that rookie year was, um, a lot of that stuff was him kind of just feeling the game, not necessarily knowing exactly what to do, but just kind of thriving on instincts, which is kind of ironic because at Oregon, I felt like they took some of that away from him. Um, but man, he, he, he played really well, made some big time throws under heavy duress, um, and off feel and off instinct because he just didn't totally know what he was doing. 
So even though it's a new offense, it's still you know you got a lot of the same plays in the NFL. It's just different terminology. He's now seen the coverages he's going to face. Um, he's going to have better protection in front of him with some of the upgrades that have been made. I think there's a big leap forward for Justin Herbert this year. I really do. DJ, great stuff, brother. Can't tell you how much appreciate I appreciate you, you joining us. And um, uh, Tatis or um, or Shohei Otani, who would you start a, a club with? Well, the way you said it, with Shohei being a pitcher, brings tremendous value. But I also would say um, you've got some uh, you've got some vulnerability there. If Shohei Otani, the pitcher, gets hurt, I lose Shohei Otani, the hitter. That would scare me. But he played with the bat. He played with the bat elbow for a year. But yeah, I I, I get it. Um, I get it. they're both fun to watch, man. Really, really fun to watch. DJ, I mean, appreciate you. you. See the catch, the catch the other day, Doug. Come on, now. It was incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. He's fun. Incredible. He's fun, but Otani's leading the league in home runs, and he's got he's got like seventy five strikeouts already and sixty seven innings pitched. I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, I think I think I think Tatis leads the National League in just about every offensive category, including stolen bases, and he's missed like eighteen games. I love that he leads the stolen bases. I, I, it's one of the. It's it's no. I'm serious. I hate I hate how baseball became like. Let's just wait on a home run. Aggressive dudes in the base paths. I like. I like. I like it a lot. Uh, that's the voice of Daniel Jeremiah, podcast NFL Network Chargers radio analyst. Thanks so much, dude. Later. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Kent Summers joins us, Suns beat writer, Arizona Republic. Kent, did you have any idea in reality? I'm sure you had to write about it, but in reality, did you have an idea what this series would look like? Not just because they'd only matched up twice in this regular season, but also because we didn't know the health status of Giannis. No, no. I think it was very difficult to predict what it was going to look like. And and even... you know, with the way Bucks played the Hawks without Giannis, I thought it would be a difficult series with the Suns. But I, I could see the Suns winning in, in, in six. I think the Bucks are good enough to win a couple games without him. With him, I think it's going to be a, a, a great, great series that could end up in, in game seven back in Phoenix. Okay, so let's let's go back to last. How did you think that Giannis looked? I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, you know, maybe they're trying to manage the minutes a little bit at, at the beginning, but, you know, I was there really early. I'm watching him go through his warm-ups when he was up. I mean, he, to get upgraded from doubtful to questionable, and then when I watched him warm up, I mean, he was warming up hard. I thought, I, I don't, I'm no doctor, but I don't see anything wrong with this guy. So by that time, it wasn't a, a stretch to think, that he was going to play. He looked a little bit rusty, I, I, I guess, at, at times. Um, you know, and the, the Suns may try and send him to the free throw line as much as they can with the way the way he struggled. But I, I thought he looked pretty good. And you, you have to think if some of that rust comes off, he's going to look even better. Uh, okay, so let's, let's talk about the Suns. Um, first, it did feel like like Chris Paul, it took him a while. He kind of, as he likes to do, felt the game, got everybody involved, got Devin Booker going early, but but then he took over. Did you think he took over because that's how the defense determined he was supposed to play, or do you think he took over because it's his first NBA Finals game and that was what he had in mind? It, it, as you said, that's kind of his style to get a feel for the game. It was a lot like the, the clinching game uh, against the Clippers where he just kind of came out, 
get a feel for the game, plays his seven minutes in the first quarter, stays rested, he's ready at the end. And, and, and certainly with the way they played him, with the way they defended the pick and roll with you know the switch and Lopez going on him, I mean, he's just going to abuse that matchup. The Bucks just have to figure out something different, I think, and see what works. But it, it's what we've seen really from, from Chris Paul um, all playoffs. What's interesting is they've been the Suns coaches have been pushing him to get the ball up the floor to not you know he tends to play sort of a plotting style sometimes and it really doesn't fit with this team and and Willie Green the Suns assistant coach he challenged him get get the ball over half court with 20 seconds left on the shot clock that that's when we're at our best and he's tried to do that and I think that made a difference last night too because Devin Booker's very good in transition he's big. He's fast, deceptively fast. He's better when he gets shots on the run like that. I think it's a real key to this offense, and Paul did a better job of that last night than he's done lately. Yeah, he likes to pay at his own measured pace. The rest of the guys like to play faster, and it's easier to beat the defense. I do think if you're Milwaukee, isn't that what you want to do, though? You kind of want to speed him up and get him out of – he still was in his rhythm last night. I think that's the way to beat him, isn't it? Get him out of that? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, but what, what they really want to do is, is what they call push-ahead basketball. You know, they, they really want to get the ball up the court, and it's not necessarily ending up in a layup off a fast break, but early, early offense out of that transition before Booker can get doubled, before they have to run into a lot of pattern stuff, and especially as a series goes on and, and Milwaukee knows what they're going to run. You know, I, we, we saw this as the Clippers series developed. The Clippers were calling out the Suns' plays by – you know, the third game, and it, it, it was really hard to get shots if they just walked the ball up the court and got into half court. So it's a it, it's a really important piece for the Suns, and, and as we've said, it, it's not always the style with that, that Chris Paul plays with, but, you know, he adjusted a little bit last night. No, he, he did really, really, really adjust. Uh, they lost, lose Dario Saric uh, for at least a year as he tears his ACL. What? Um, how does that affect them? It affects him. He wasn't playing a ton of minutes, um, but he had really bounced back since a terrible Lakers series where basically he got benched and they went to Frank Kaminsky. And Monty Williams, to his credit, brought Saric back for the next series against the Nuggets, and he really bounced back. So, you know, they can go back to Kaminsky for those minutes, or they yeah. can do a lot what they did last night and go to a small ball lineup and use Torrey Craig a lot, Abdul Nader a lot. I think we may see that over heavy minutes with Frank Kaminsky. That, that I think, is more the Suns' style and, and, and fits better with this team. Than, but they've got to figure out, and maybe, maybe it's more minutes from DeAndre Ayton, who's been a, a, a revelation this postseason at 22 and 19 last night. Yeah, you know, in his twelfth double double, I, I think that could happen. Also, problem with Frank is where do you hide him defensively, and especially against this team, it's really hard to hide him. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and he doesn't give you a ton offensively. At least Dario Saric could come out and hit the three for you. You had to re- to respect that, and it's been so long since Kaminsky played. You know, you, you certainly can't count on him for that. No, you can definitely count on him to slug some beers though. When you at the at the at the uh, during the victory celebration, that he is absolutely still great for. Kent Summers joining us, Suns beat writer, the Arizona Republic. Although professionals come in, sometimes they don't get minutes and they do hit shots. We'll we'll see how that goes. What what do you expect 
Because the Bucks, though they're not a huge adjustment team, they're obviously going to have to make some adjustments. Is is the the biggest adjustment their personnel, or is it going to be how they guard the ball screen stuff with with Chris Paul? I think they've got to throw some different things at Chris Paul. They can't go minute after minute after minute with what they did last night. I think, and and, and some of the Bucks alluded to that today. Look, we've got to throw some different things at him, and which Paul just kind of shrugs off. He's like, look, you know, there's only so many ways you can defend a pick and roll. I've seen them all. We'll adjust on the fly. Uh, I, I think the Suns' biggest challenge is, you know, are they as mentally sharp as they were in Game One? You know, are they, they that Clippers series lasted as long as it did because they had a couple games where they had lost their edge, and right. they, it's not like they weren't playing hard, but you, but you know, you you have to have that little bit of extra something something, and if they come out the way they did a game or two against the Clippers, then you know they'll be headed back to Milwaukee tied, and I. They, Monty Williams said today, I, they, they've learned from that. He thinks he thinks they'll respond to it. You know, we'll we'll see Thursday night. Kent, great stuff. Um, the energy in the arena is it? And you've been in. Obviously, it's been a while, but you've covered them for a while. Was it was it worthy of an NBA Finals? Did did it have the type of energy that was needed? Oh yeah, it's an unbelievable crowd, and and it has been really since early in the playoffs when they bounced attendance from 6,000 to 11,000 and then to capacity, which is just under 17,000. This is a, a, a town that's been 11 years without a playoff team that, that suffered through a decade of mostly just horrible, horrible basketball. And it's a son's town. It's the original franchise in Phoenix. And, and, you know, people, uh, the people love this team. You know, they, this team just had to give them a reason to show that love back. And they have been, and it's, it's loud. It's incredibly loud. Opponents have said that, you know, it's one of the loudest places they have seen. And it's, it's kind of fun seeing these two markets. I think they're very similar in terms of their fans being starved for a championship and people going crazy about their teams and excitement as mounting each round. So these, you know, people in Phoenix are, are into it. They're, they're staying in town and not going to San Diego while it's 108 degrees. They're staying in town to watch their team. I got a buddy in from Phoenix. He's, 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 he's in Orange County in Newport Beach. And he's like, I, I got to get back. I got to get back for game two. This is like the first time you ever want to come back to town in the heat of summer. Kent, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.